You're listening to Live from the News Dungeon, a nondoc.com podcast. And welcome to Live from the News Dungeon, a new podcast put on by Nondoc Media. I'm Trace Savage, editor-in-chief of Nondoc.com. I'm joined here by my two, I can't say favorite employees. Everybody else is going to hear this. They're going to get mad. They'll get mad. They won't they're, care. Well, the, I don't think they'll you're care. You're my favorite employees who are here right now. Yeah. Angela Jones, our client relate. No, wait, what is your, you're the operations manager mm-hmm. now. That's what I am. You have multiple titles in your no, history? No, I have one title. Well, yes, I used to be the client relations manager, and we've now discussed that that sounds really strange. We don't like the word relations anymore, apparently. We're going to have um, relations later <laughs> having, as we talk about our donors. relations. But, yeah. um, yes, I am the operations manager. I want a cool podcast name. Uh, all right, well, you think of that, and I'll introduce Andrea Dinhood. It's like food. like It rhymes with food. Okay. Exactly. Um. Yeah, I'm the managing editor. I My whole shtick is that I moved here from New York in March and then COVID happened. And that's been my life for the last year. I feel like I need to come up with a new way to kind of like sum up my life. But there's nothing else. A time, you, but there's nothing you else have to not, say. You have a dog? I have a dog. I've been experimenting with not using shampoo. Um, How's that going? Yeah. Well, and, and as you can I, mean, see, I think you look beautiful. I think you look beautiful <laughs> and your hair looks soft and clean. What's the idea behind that? Just it's chemicals like, and it's stuff? It's because of the... Build up and the chemicals. It's and like so, totally bad for you. Yeah. So this is like a, a baking soda followed by apple cider vinegar situation. Oh my god! Today, wow, I love that. Okay, I'm great. not going to s- do it. As though. everybody can see, I look really good. You smell like stir fry. <laughs> great. Uh, I. Uh, I can actually smell. I had COVID nineteen at the start of the month, and I and I lost my sense of smell for like two hours off and on, uh, but I can smell now. And so, but I I'm not. But gonna, you're not I'm smelling not smell your hair. No, hair. I'm, okay. I'm moving over yeah, here near Angela. I don't want to smell. It seems like we have a HR jar over here. I don't want to put any money into it. Okay, so that's an awkward intro for our <laughs> awkward podcast. It's live at the News Dungeon. Uh, obviously, we are totally live right now. We did not record this. We did not have Bryce Holland, our genius audio engineer, fix all this stuff in post. Um, we are talking about a terrible topic this week, uh, COVID-19. We're, we're trying to uh, have this new format where we're going to go run through some things real quickly, and we're going to have a topic each week that sort of forms that. That's the idea anyway. And this week, why not start with COVID-19? Andrea, you did some research just to give everybody an idea. We're recording this on Wednesday, December 2nd. So if you were trying to call me in the afternoon of that day, that's why my phone was on Do Not Disturb. Andrea, what are the latest <laughs> numbers as of Wednesday, December 2nd? Yeah, COVID. Everyone's talking about it. Um so Wait, today, what? <laughs> what? <laughs> Cove, what? Um, so I, I'll say right up front that I grabbed these numbers from the Twitter account of Cassie McClung from the Frontier, who, if anybody's been trying to follow COVID in Oklahoma this year, you've probably been following Cassie's Twitter account. So thank you, Cassie, who I've never met. Um, anyway, there were 2,859 2, new cases today, which brings Oklahoma up to 202,000. 200, uh, 341 total cases. Um, we also had 54 deaths reported today, which is the highest day ever. But as with a lot of the COVID stuff going on in Oklahoma, um, there's a lot of delays in reporting at various points down the line. And so it's pretty unclear when exactly those deaths occurred. Um, um, dumb question. Is that 54 COVID deaths today? 54 reported today, but they could have happened... In, at any point. Yeah, yeah, a few I, days ago, a couple weeks ago. I think like the Commissioner of Health really. said that it was occurred between October 24th and November 30th and said in the press release, every one of those lives is important and valued. Uh, also, nearly 3,000 infection uh, Oklahomans were infected and are now fighting the disease their own battles with COVID-19. That's what he said in the press release. Yeah. So, and then I think I read 250,000 people in the United States have died from I COVID. I think it's over that now, is, isn't It's more it? than that. I, I shouldn't throw out numbers that I don't know. Um, I think that's about right. Well, you have these other stats that you wrote here on our little. Yeah. Thing. So right now, Oklahoma, the total deaths has been um, 1,812. Mm-hmm. Um, 1,782 people are currently hospitalized with COVID. Anyway, so the, to sum up, basically, the COVID numbers in Oklahoma are not good. Um, you know, a month and a half ago when these reports would come in, 
Um, they were not in the thousands. I think that started kind of mid-October, right? And now it's kind of every day is a few thousand new cases. So Yeah, big spike anyway, at the end of October. Not great. Uh, just looked it up. Currently, more than 271,000 uh, people have died in the U.S. related to COVID-19. So that's somber. Uh, we should have thought that through before we. This is a bummer. Topic. This is yeah, a this bummer. is really chirpy. Welcome Beach to this chirpy. fun <laughs> podcast that we made up. So some numbers and some depth. Okay. So question: um, Where do those numbers come from? So just Cassie's Twitter account, or where are those numbers coming from, and how do we? Do we like those places? So Cassie is pulling them from the daily reports that come out from the Oklahoma State Department of Health. Um, yeah, which come out daily, and sometimes there's delays because the computer systems crash. Because <laughs> you um, did just do a story on contact tracing. And so yeah. what did you find from well, that? Well, contact tracing, I think, is like a slightly different um, question, although it does connect to this issue of um, a, the state has been struggling with some outdated computer systems mm. that have made contact tracing really hard for various reasons. Like it mm. made it really hard to get contact tracing up and running. Mm -hmm. um, and then, yeah, I think it's also, you know, if people who've been following it throughout this year, there have been also days where it's like, oh, the report doesn't come out until four in the afternoon because the computer crash, mm -hmm. you know, which is like, yeah. um, which doesn't reflect badly on the numbers, but it is sort of like, oh, not necessarily the best look yeah and there's a there's a lot of different resources also i mean if you want to look at a more global scale the johns hopkins coronavirus resource center uh the new york times has a, a sort of a coronavirus world map um those are sort of macro um uh, sites i think there's the the coronavirus tracking project or something like that off the top of my head uh i, I can't so those efforts are trying to take the data that individual um, public health institutions or entities are reporting. So, you know, the state, the state department of health is here in Oklahoma has, you know, that's the official count. They changed, I guess it was back in September, the way they report some of the, the numbers, the way they consider some presumptive positive tests and some things like that. It was kind of, there was like a press briefing about it. It was kind of interesting, but, you know, I mean, overall, I, I try to kind of keep a focus on, you know, um, not necessarily the, the numbers, uh, although obviously the trends are really bad, the, the rolling averages are getting higher, um, all of that, but also just the the impact, you know, and and seeing that number of folks uh, dying uh, and being reported, you know, that's somber. And the thing that everyone was talking about at the beginning of the pandemic, which seems like five million years ago, was like, oh, we don't want a situation like Italy where all the hospitals are full and you don't have anywhere to put anybody. And so that becomes the problem. Like here in Oklahoma, we've had, you know, hospitals filling up really fast. A lot of rural areas don't have hospitals now. And so they end up, you know, in Tulsa and Oklahoma City and these places. And so I think that, I feel like that's an issue that kind of dropped out of sight somewhat and now is back. Yeah. And one thing that, that I think is really maybe not getting talked about enough is, you know, this balance of, of how life has been disrupted. We just went through Thanksgiving where, you know, we had, uh, you know, public officials encouraging some people, encouraging people not to celebrate Thanksgiving. Uh, I, I think somewhere in LA, they were going to, what, cut off water and power to people who were having <gasps> large parties. <laughs> um, That's so mean. Yeah, well, I, I think it was in the LA Times. But how do they the, find out if you're having a large party? Just like do a drive-by? Your, your, your narc neighbor I'm calls you in. This story. That seems Oh, good. Oh. Do it right now. Do it while I keep Fact talking. But, check it. but I say Never that. Never bringing a laptop I, again. I say that, that, um, you know, I think that the, I think all of this has been really hard on people. I think it's been hard on everyone's mental health. I mean, I, we've talked a little bit internally just about how, you know, I suppose things have gone fairly well for me and yet it's still a slog. It's still mm -hmm. hard to get up and, and, you know, go to work and, um, you know, deal with this and we're all ready for it to be over and everybody's fatigued. And I think, you know, life is already very difficult for seniors in the United States. I mean, I think that a lot of older folks are isolated. Um, you know, even if we're not considering other existing conditions like uh, diabetes or uh, hypertension or, or things like that, that are obviously exacerbated uh, and, 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 you know, cause have a higher morbidity rate uh, for COVID. I, I'm starting to get really concerned about the 
mental health effect, not, not just people who take their own lives, you know, the suicide, we're hearing, you know, calls for the suicide hotline are coming up, things like that. But I, I think that, you know, people are at the, the risk of, especially older people, uh, you know, having a failure to thrive, mm-hmm. right? That's what they call it. You do, mm-hmm. If you're not hungry, if you're not, you know, nothing sounds good, you have nothing to look forward to. I mean, imagine if you're living in a, in an assisted living center and for months, you know, uh, people were, were not, legally able to come visit you, you know, in the, in the spring and summer. And then, uh, and now, you know, it's a debate of, well, you know, am I caring or not? I better not go visit grandma or something like that. And in my own personal life, I haven't gone and visited my grandparents. We usually go up in the summer to Wichita, Kansas and, you know, haven't been able to do that. And, and I just, I think that the fatigue of this, you know, is affecting people too, because if you get sick, you know, when I got sick, when Andrea, when you got COVID, when I got COVID, you know, we, we fought it. We had, you know, our whole full lives ahead of us to, to look at. And I think that, you know, it's really tough for some people to stay motivated to just, you know, keep, keep getting through this because it's been such a tough year, but I digress. That's sort of a downer. Is, so um, everything's just great. Yeah, so, in other words. so we're going to, we're going to transition to a new segment <laughs> called the historical nugget. Mm, good segue. Great. And I really had seen this earlier in the pandemic and I thought it was sort of interesting from a public health perspective. Some of you know I worked in, in public health for about five or six years and um, enjoyed it and found the system to be uh, challenging at times. Uh, if you read my recent Twitter thread about that, uh, you can see my exasperation. But I found this article on the Tenement Museum website, tenement.org, oh, yeah. uh, from August 12th of 2020. It says, a long battle against public spitting, New York City's 1896 anti-expectoration law. Um, and I thought this was kind of interesting, right? Like we don't, th- this was public health 120 years ago. This was one of the, you know, big uh, issues. And so here I'm going to read you a couple sentences. I love uh, it. 19th century America had a spitting problem. Public spitting or expectorating, as the more genteel would call the habit, was a deeply ingrained aspect of male culture. The use of chewing tobacco was nearly universal among all the working class, while pipe tobacco and cigars became a status symbol for wealthier Americans. It was also commonly accepted that people suffering from tuberculosis or other respiratory ailments needed to relieve themselves of pulmonary distress Mm. by expectorating freely Mm. whenever and wherever possible. So apparently like European visitors to the country in the 1800s frequently expressed their shock and disgust at this ubiquitous spitting habit. Like they just come here, people just spitting everywhere. <laughs> Wait, so so this was not the case in Europe. This was I guess they in had, America. Yeah, they, uh, <laughs> Form of masculinity. Yeah, I think there's like a, what, what was it, like the spittoon or the, the Toreadora or something like that, I think was a, a term, you know. Um, wow, boss. I like, know. I, that yeah, was I a good word. How spittoons used to be like a really standard piece of furniture Mm-hmm. wherever you went until this mm-hmm. happened and they were like actually i think it's out. called a cuspidor i was confusing that because the, there's the old riddle fact like check it. what's the difference i'm not to- no it's like <laughs> I, I, I just my dad used to say this toriadora don't spit on the flora use the cuspidora what do you think it's a fora i love that no okay that good. completed my okay, life but like what what's the difference between that and a spittoon i think that's just a different word for it i think it's like okay. a i don't know <laughs> tomato tomato i'm just repeating things i learned as a five-year-old Mm-hmm. Um, all these years later. Okay, so, so so back to the article. Um, Europeans apparently wrote that the sidewalks, streets, parks, factory floors, and streetcars of American cities were, quote, awash with tobacco-tinctured saliva. <laughs> One investigation in Baltimore found that a single city block could collect between 2,000 and 4,000 individual deposits of spit no. in a single oh, week. No. Women in particular were affected by this habit as any trip outside the home meant collecting spit and oh, phlegm no. along the hems oh of their floor-length dresses. Oh my goodness! Just, just yes. soaking up the phlegm. Uh, public dudes just are like rude. little globs. Dudes are mucus. Listen, they still behind. are. It, listen, <laughs> there's a great quote from True Grit: uh, "Men will live like billy goats if allowed." Right? Yeah. So, left of their own, or something like that. Yeah. Okay, uh, public expectoration had long been considered a problem by advocates of the sanitary movement. With the 1882 identification of the tuberculosis bacterium and the understanding that the disease was spread through respiratory droplets, medical professionals began to view spitting as a grave threat to public health. 
So, you know, doctors across the country started to argue that we should prohibit spitting. We should ban spitting. And I was thinking about this, like, we're now, like, you must wear a mask everywhere, mm-hmm, right? Mm-hmm. But apparently 120 years ago, everybody was just, you know, hawking up loogies and <laughs> slinging it all over But there's got to be town. things that we think of as really normal right now that are going to kind of change after all this, right? Well, like, like the like, buffet or, or, yeah, or, the or buffet like you're watching or... a movie and somebody hugs somebody and you're like, oh, God, don't yeah. do that. Yeah, like, I don't know. Like, the people Bachelor? Talking about, like, <laughs> <laughs> just, the, just the Bachelor. And I just want to say, as the mother of a six-year-old who has discovered spitting and burping, I think a ban on spitting is 100% appropriate, and I'm for it. Okay. I'm for it. I'm you, for you it. Be, are you implementing – is Lincoln going to be prohibited from spitting in Absolutely. House? It's disgusting. I'm not going to have it. Okay. All right. That's interesting. I well, don't understand. The, I've never had the urge to spit. You don't need to spit. I never feel like need I need to, to spit. You need to never. get him to follow this podcast. All right. Last thing. <laughs> Last thing. So in New York City, under the leadership of pioneering health commissioner Herman Biggs, uh, New York was the first municipal government in the U.S. to outlaw spitting. The 1896 anti-expectoration ordinance banned spitting in public places and transit systems and made the crime punishable by a $1 to $5 fine, which is a lot of money back then, and up to a year in jail. Mm -hmm. By 1910, 2,500 spitting-related arrests had been made in the city. Enforcement of the law proved to be a deeply divisive issue, right? So this is like what the mayor and the governor were talking about, like, how do you enforce a mask issue? Uh, But apparently in 1910, they were like, uh, screw it. Throw them in jail. Throw them in, literally (laughs) throw them in jail about it. So I don't think that would go over well here. Uh, Skipping down a little bit, like, apparently, like, there were letter writing campaigns to newspapers. Uh Men accused the law of cruelly targeting a natural impulse, Uh curtailing individual freedoms, Mm -hmm. and granting the government too Mm -hmm. much power. (laughs) Some even questioned the validity of the new medical knowledge of tuberculosis transmission or argued that the health benefits of spinning. The health benefits of spitting, they argued, outweighed the potential risks. To it's that exactly I say, like the mask conversation. To that I say, if a person needs to spit, he can go to the curb and spit in the roadway. There you go. <laughs> That's that was, what this, yeah. this letter, this anti-spitting letter says. Yeah. Um, so this was all, you know, there were all sorts of, uh, you know, divisive uh, parts of this. Um, you know, advocacy groups formed. I don't even know, remember what happened, but there'll be an article on non-doc promoting this podcast. We'll, we'll put this full Tenement Museum article in here. It's pretty long. Wait, I, I just want to know... Angela and I have said that we do not have a spitting urge. Do you have a spitting urge? Oh, I love to. Yeah. Really? Like, yeah. Like at one point, are you like, mm, time to get rid of this? <laughs> well, yes. <laughs> no, I, you don't. I just, yes. You don't ever. Do you spit in the shower? No. No. What? You don't. You had when you had like a head cold, you don't like spit in the shower? No. You don't rinse your mouth out and. No. No. What? I, why not? I don't. I. Like, why? Bryce, I'm a, a god. Give us a nod or a shake here. Are you a, <laughs> Bryce, you, you spit in the shower? We're all going to turn he, on he you. He obviously just say is yes. a yes. He's obviously a yes. <laughs> Are men's mouths but different why? than women's mouths? I, you do they have different I want to get rid of what was in there. I'll say, I'll say this. I, I do spit in the shower. I have been, been known to do that. Um, I can't say that I... But I'm, I, outside of that, I'm not really... Uh, it's not something that I do, like... Kind of when I'm out and about. I can kind of get the shower spit as part of like a cleansing ritual. Yeah. Like that's fine. Um, but yeah, the idea that you're just walking down the street and suddenly you're like. <laughs> it, happens so right. it happens sometimes. It happens sometimes. You don't know. Ever- it? it just has never happened to me. So never. it's hard never. to understand. Okay. Well, I can't. Exactly. I, I encourage yeah. you to try it. No. Let us mm. know in the comments whether you're a bitter or not. No, okay, great. No. Okay. All Take right. That back. Take Where's the back. HR jar? Hold on. Let me put money in the monkey. Some, let me put some money in the. All right. Great. There we go. Okay. So uh, you can read the rest of this article. We're going to move on now to our next uh, segment, which is sort of like a uh, like a who's right situation. Angela, you've got this story that you had from Thanksgiving, I guess. And mm-hmm. you you want your, and for the record, neither a- Andrea nor I have heard this story, Mm-mm. you want us to tell you who's right. You it's or your fresh. mother. It's a fresh story. Right. You guys are hearing it first. Okay. Okay. So my parents, bless their little hearts, live in Arkansas. It's pretty rural. It's a very small town. And they are also pretty right wing 
uh, Christian Republican, which is fine. I have a, what would Jesus do bracelet on too. I love me some Jesus. Um, but I'm just telling you that to like set up the context, Mm -hmm. you know, um, that might give you some clues about where their feelings are about COVID and masks and stuff like that. Gotcha. So, and in their small town, they really haven't had to mask up. I don't even know if they did a quarantine. It's just that small. So I went for Thanksgiving and my mom is still a black Friday devotee. So we go do that in a larger town uh, in Arkansas, a city, if you will. And um, we go into a store. And as I walk in first, my son and I walk in and I see everybody has a mask on in the store. It's very busy. There's the, you know, obligatory signs on the outside of the building saying you have to have a mask. Um, And then everyone's got one on. And like every 10 minutes over the speaker, a voice is saying, you know, please wear your mask inside the store. Thank you for your patience and understanding. Is it a robot voice or a human? Is there a a lovely female human voice? Whose Um, job is just to stand there every 10 minutes? (laughs) Oh, no, I think it's a pre-recorded like a thing. Yeah, (laughs) it didn't like deviate from script. So I've been in the store now like like 20 minutes with my son. I'm hearing that over and over. Everyone's got the mask on. And my mom's comes in without her mask. And so she finds me in the back of the store and I was like, oh, mom, I think we got to do masks. Oh, I, she says, oh, I don't have to. I was like, yeah, I think everybody, everybody has to. She said, not me. I'm not sick. And I was like, I know it's just (laughs) kind of a, kind of a consideration thing for other people. Don't you think? And she's like, no, I don't have a cough or anything. And so (laughs) I, in my mind, wanted to avoid a scene. In my mind, I'm thinking without her mask on, she's going to be like drug out of the store or she's going to get into like a verbal altercation just knowing her. And so I want to prevent this scene. But instead, I create a scene of how my mom isn't putting a mask on. And then I just ask her on my own to leave the store. It worked out. It was for everyone's best interest. But then later, we kind of got into this argument slash discussion. You know, moms, daughters, you know how we talk to each other. And um, she said she will not subordinate to rules, arbitrary rules of the government. And I said, then you should stop paying your taxes and why are you driving on this side of the road? And she was like, well, those are laws. Um, And so (laughs) she had a slight point. And then I said, well, then why don't you take your shoes off and your top off and go back into the store? Because that's just a rule. No shirt, no shoes, no service. And she didn't like that, Um, (laughs) as you can imagine. Would the... Would the store of never, I mean, what kind of store are we talking about? Auto parts? A it boutique? Was, it was Old Navy. Old Navy. <laughs> Can we say that? I mean, they're not paying us for this episode, so no, I don't, yeah, don't want to pimp Old Navy. But I'm just <laughs> saying. So then I find out, <clears throat> excuse me, sounded like if you I said, had vocal fries. It sounded like you said pimple Navy. Pimple Navy. Okay. Yeah. That's, that's, that's my that's other favorite. Good. That's my like, other favorite It's like story. the whole U.S. Navy was just 13-year-olds. Okay, <laughs> go ahead. So then I kind of realized um, Arkansas, it, their rules are a little bit more lax there, and it is a suggestion. It isn't mandatory. I thought it was mandatory. It had the sign on the door. Everybody had it on. And I guess my kind of thought is whether it's mandatory or not, if you go into a place where there are a lot of people and then everyone's got the mask on, just out of common courtesy, it's not that hard to put the mask over your face. She quote, My mother quoted a bunch of studies that say the mask doesn't um, prevent or help, uh, help to prevent the COVID spreading. Um, I've also read and heard of those too. I think there's arguments on both sides. But I just think kind of beyond that, it's just a, a common courtesy thing. So we can all just sort of like move forward with our day and our Black Friday shopping. Right. Um, so that was my point. But then really, she lives in a state where that is not the case. Um, so what's the big question for us? What do you want us to? So if it is not, if a mask is not mandatory and it is just a su- suggestion, do you put one on So or does not? mandatory mean like the government and the full armed power of the government behind it or like Old Navy is a giant corporation and they've put this policy in place in all their stores. Well, that's like what's mandatory. Well, see, and I was I felt like did um, the robot voice say that it's required or that they please must please put on your I do think it said required. I do think it said that. I think most huge companies have. Yeah, I I think she should have put the mask. Then I also was noticed. Then we went to other stores and everywhere said it's required. But then everywhere there were a lot of people without masks. It was, you know, it kind of turned like the more places we went, I could see it was kind of half and half situation. And then I felt kind of bad for actually being the one to cause the scene over the mask in Old Navy. But I still kind of felt 
uh, right about, I just think it's common courtesy, like whether you believe in it or not, or whether you think it's helping you or not, or helping other people. It's just, I just feel like it's what we're doing right now. Yeah, for sure. And then she <laughs> said, if everyone jumped off a cliff, would you do that too? Um, just that kind of timeless my, age old mom thing. My dad had say. one of those sayings as well. I, I don't know that I can repeat it though. He had a he had a, there was a whole like pink ribbon involved. Repeat it anyway. and then we can bleep it if we No, no, no. <laughs> it was just like, it, you know, if, it, never mind. <laughs> so I, I just think, um, you know, I, I guess my larger point is like, I'm all about not subordinating. And so that's great. Well, but there's so many but ways that we do that all the time. Just consideration. Yeah. Like, and I don't know that I consider myself like a total rule follower. Like, I definitely enjoy to break some rules sometimes, but I just feel like right now, that's not the rule. All right, so let's have our vote. So, Andrea, whose side are you on? Wait, so the question is whether your mom should have put a mask on, or is it about the, like, the interaction where you made a scene, whatever that means? Um, yeah, <laughs> should, she, should she wear a mask? She should wear a mask. Even though it's not mandatory. Yeah. And yes. she doesn't believe in it. Yeah. Yes. Yeah. Are you listening, Mom? Courtesy. Okay. All right. Great. Uh, we're, the next question is, should Angela make a scene in public? I say yes. Always. always. Yeah. Okay. Always. Why not? That's, Why my, not? that's what I do. Um, it's my job. Okay. And if not you, your son. Mm -hmm. so. All right. Uh, so moving on just a little bit. I mean, I think before we kind of move into our donor portion, the last thing kind of on COVID that I wanted to say is that, you know, it's been interesting to me um, to be kind of in a managerial position with a company I say as I try to pick something off of my face. Yeah, what's happening I, over there? I think I had a loose piece of skin. You need some uh, anyway. No, maybe. Um, so, you know, it's like. Do you need a spit? We have different. I, <laughs> maybe I think it's I the do. spit urge. Yeah, I need <laughs> do a, we need to take a yeah, spit break? We need to take a spit break uh, soon. But I was just going to say, you know, the interesting thing for me has been how do you manage people who have different levels of comfort? And certainly, like, I think, I think. Andrea, you sort of always joke, right, that, like, Angela is, is very... Do I joke about that? You joke about it, yeah, as she drinks Are her, you telling jokes about me, Andrea? She, <laughs> what is that? She's, Angela is just drinking out of what I can best tell is like it's a, a five-gallon jug. It's a two-liter jug of lemon water. Oh, my gosh. Okay, it's like the size of her head. Yeah, um, that's how much water we're supposed no, to drink. No, but I think within our, our little office community, Angela is the kind of, like, least... Not least careful, but least concerned, it's true. perhaps. That is true. I am respectful of other people's concerns, but I don't have them myself. You're super worried I'm, yourself. I'm not. Yeah. If I get it, I feel entirely confident that I will survive. And, um, yeah, I'm just not worried about it, which is, yeah, okay. But, anyway. you, but, you're, but you want to be respectful. But I do want so to be respectful like the, of others. That's the needle that's the you other, can thread, yeah. right? You cannot, like, be freaking out about getting it yourself, but also mask up. You mm -hmm. don't have to be, like, stubborn about it. And I also just kind of, like, whatever kind of paper towel I need to put on my face so that we can just go forth with our lives and, like, keep doing, you know, get some normalcy and do right. things. Like, yeah. But we have other folks on the team who have been a little more concerned. A couple times you've had – you've sort of, like – waved in and out, Andrea, because when you were like partly based on circumstances, right. like, you know, am I going to, you know, I tried to be really careful to go visit my parents, but then I got it anyway. Right. Um, you like didn't leave the house except to go to the grocery store. Yeah, and have, like, exactly. One beer and I mean, that's the other thing. I also got like more or less non-symptomatic COVID. Like if I hadn't been planning to go drive home to see my parents, I pr wouldn't have gotten a test. And yeah, wouldn't. we wouldn't have known. Yeah, no. exactly. So like, I wouldn't have been particularly worried about getting it myself. And meanwhile, it would have been like spreading it and killing God knows whose grandmother, you know? And see, I think I like had a ton of potential exposure. I mean, I remember back when this started in March, you know, and I, they were, they banned everybody but media in the state capitol. And, and people were, you know, my parents didn't want me to go. And, they, you know, they thought I was being really reckless, you know, still going out in public. You know, this is back when like cases were in the like, hundreds, mm -hmm. you know, mm -hmm. and, and I, and I was like, no, I've, and I knew I'd been in contact with people who'd had it and I'd seen them recover and everything like that. And I was like, oh, no big deal. And I was fairly convinced I was going to, you know, get it at some point, right. It was just sort of a, you know, byproduct of my job. And I didn't get it until like the day before election day, like while my power had gone out and all, I just think like, I don't know, 
I don't know whether maybe I was, I'd been exposed, you know, multiple times, but then just with the stress of the election day approaching, not having power for 12 days, all the things like that were going on in my life, just like my immune system lets it, you know, and, and then I actually contracted. I have no idea. I don't really know how that works, but you know, what helps your immune system is a two liter jug of lemon water. That's probably, that's mm-hmm. probably true. And, and just zinc tablets in there mm-hmm. to dissolve. Mm-hmm. Well, I mean, um, like related to the management question, I feel like there's two different questions with COVID. One is like, are you concerned about getting yourself? And the other is like, how responsible do you feel mm-hmm. for others? Like for right. myself, I feel like I've calculated my risk a lot around the fact that I live alone and I'm not like, going to be around a lot of people. I work at home. I'm right. not, you know, going mm-hmm. out and being around people that much anyway. Um, you know, and then I wear a mask when I am and so on versus kind of, you know, my own sickness or health. Um, but yeah, as a manager, you kind of have to make those decisions for a group of people. Right. Well, I try to let people make their own decision. I mean, you know, it's, it's sort of, I think there's maybe been like like once that I encouraged you to come to the office, you know, but typically I'm like, if you want to, if you want to come to the office for a Monday meeting, you can, otherwise you can stay home. You know, Matt on our team has been pretty conservative and, Mm -hmm. and stayed away. Uh, you know, from folks, you, Archie's kind of wavered. The interns are like, we, whatever, we're in college, you know. Uh, and, and Wendy was the first person to get it, you know, on our team. Yeah. So. And then there's also just kind of like you as sort of a leader setting right. precedence for like, well, how do we interact? When do we wear masks? When do we, know. you know, like that kind of thing. And it's the, like, it's tricky. And the worst, the, the worst example of that, and we can include this photo, is that when we had the, it was the sheriff debate Uh and there were, you know, like 40 people in the whole audience and we get done and we were taking a team photo (laughs) and somebody was like masks on or masks off. And I had a mask like in my hand and I had just gotten off the stage and everything. And 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 so we all line up for a photo and we get this great photo taken, the whole team. It's like the best, we always forget to take good team photos. Uh And I look at it and I'm the only one not wearing a mask. (laughs) And I didn't, I didn't see anybody else at the time. And I was like, well, we can't post that. Mm. people I'll get skewered, you mm. know, for not, Oh, look at that guy. But and now then you're it, talking about it. Anyway. And then I, nev- <laughs> inevitably, but it was like, I feel like we're outing all of our COVID violations yeah, no, right but, now but, a real but, embarrassing well, right, but like everybody has this like COVID shame, you know what I mean? Like everybody mm-hmm. like went to their, you know, there's, there's like secret bars that popped up in people's garages. That's that all really bad the, though. You know, like, do you either yeah. of you know how you got it? I went drink in the cemetery, you know, it was fine. You did? Yeah. Absolutely. It was great. Did you Peaceful. spit? Did you spit there? Uh, I don't know that I spat in the cemetery. I'll stop talking about Okay. <laughs> I'm not going to. Yeah. So. Um, well, you got to, I mean, I, if you work at home and live at home, like you I was going to leave somewhere. You have to drink in a cemetery? I, it seemed like a reasonable, safe place. I mean, okay. it, the people who were there weren't going to care. Yeah. There's right? also this whole kind of like the standard that the society around you is setting where it's like everything opens up and all of a sudden it's not kind of like, Oh, this is what we're doing as a society. Right. You're making a really individual decision really about divisive. going to restaurants mm-hmm. and stuff yeah. like that. Cause it it's not really like divisive. a group, you know, this is like a mass population scale issue and your individual choices only, you know, have so much power, but that's kind of where we are right now. It's like, you basically have to make individual choices as though you're deciding for the whole group and it doesn't make yeah, any sense. Yeah, and people are making we're making those decisions about Thanksgiving and other things where it was, you know, I had a friend who was talking about how it pushed it on Twitter. She decided to cancel Thanksgiving and all the young people in the family were like, okay, we're doing the responsible thing. And all the older people were like, what the hell? We wanted to have Thanksgiving. You guys are ruining Thanksgiving, you know? Typical. And they're the ones who were <laughs> my cranberry sauce. supposed to be, you know, uh, most most afraid. And I, it's, a, it's an interesting, a lot of, you know, again, I talked about seniors getting isolated. Like we're trying to do this to protect, you know, the most vulnerable, the older populations. And then sometimes some people in those populations are like, well, I'm going to the store. Dang it. And like I don't, my parents. I don't care, you know? And. And I remember there was a, a lawmaker who was talking to me about uh, an older guy who lives in his district and he saw him out. And so he stopped and they were talking, you know, more than six feet apart. And the guy was in his 80s and he said, oh, I, I went to the grocery store today. And the lawmaker said, oh, did you go during the hour at the beginning of the day that's set aside for seniors? And he goes, no, there wouldn't be anybody there I'd want to see, you know, and it was <laughs> no. just like, okay. oh, no. you know, and the guy's like 84 years old. What like, is what that? Are you, what, what are you going to do? Tell him like, no, he can't go to the grocery store. I don't know. So anyway, um, is he going to the grocery store to look at people? All right, right, let's take our spit break. You ready? Yes. Hello, 
we're back here live from the news dungeon on this audio recording. Uh, we took our spit break. I guess we got some cookies out. We put some money in the HR jar for all of our uh, poor choices and words in the first segment. And uh, Andrea, you made these cookies. Is that right? I did make the cookies. They're peanut butter cookies. They're peanut butter cookies. Did you mask up? Uh, I didn't, you guys. <laughs> but eat. I baked them at a really oh, high temperature. This is going to be good. delicious. Okay, mm-hmm. everybody keeps telling me that I shouldn't eat on the podcast live. He's been warned. I've been warned. Uh, we're going to go to our segment on donor relations called... Having Relations. There we go. That was pretty... Was that pretty sexy? I thought it was it good. Was, yeah. It'll get sexier. The hair it went, stood up on the back of my ears. <laughs> That's weird. I know. Well, okay. hey, listen. <laughs> Doesn't your six-year-old have a hair? Never. It, He's so hairy. He has a hairy back. Aww. He's like a little muskrat. Yes. It, that it, was it, a very strange segue. It is. All right, let's stop. Yeah. <laughs> we don't need to talk about my son's back hair. Um, <laughs> this episode. Okay, so I'm going to talk now. I'm going to keep it real. So at Nondoc this year, we went nonprofit um, because it is important to us to keep ads out of your face while you're reading our good journalism. But we also want to make sure that it's free and easily accessible to our readers. So to keep our mission sustainable, uh, we created the Sustainable Journalism Foundation. And therefore, we rely on sponsorships and donations to keep the lights on in the news dungeon. So to be fair, I've got a decorative bowl uh, filled with the names of our sponsors and we're just going to draw a couple out and take a second to thank them right now. Okay, I'm going to draw this out and as I do that, I'm going to say thank you to Oklahoma Property Investors where we have our office because because they actually keep the lights on. Thank you, uh, Governor <laughs> Walters. Maybe explain. It's the news dungeon because it's in the basement. Yeah, there's no windows so you walk yeah. out in the winter at 4.30 and you wonder where the light went. Okay, I drew... We're not actually handcuffed. I, I, drew, a, I drew a... Uh, chained... A sponsor out of here, the Firefighters Local 157 here in Oklahoma City, Firefighter Union. They sponsor some of our public resources pages. Go check those out on nondoc.com. Thank you so much, guys. I got a very timely one, the Oklahoma Hospital Association. Yes. Yeah, the Hospital Association. Great they, sponsor. They are uh, a little bit busy. An- Angela, draw yours. Oh, I'm going to do it too. Yeah. We got a lot of sponsors to thank. Who's going to get the lucky thank? I got Designs in Dentistry. Dr. Barry Amos, DDS, Mm -hmm. uh, the coolest. uh, Pretty cute. I mean, he's married, but he's, you know, pretty good looking guy. He's Yeah, yeah, right. Uh, He's great. He's the best dentist I've ever known. Yeah, get your smile uh, He's like straight. the only healthcare professional I trust in my life other than Dr. Medicine, who's in who's like in Baton Rouge now. I don't want my healthcare professionals to be hot. Why? Why? I want a real mediocre looking person taking up. <laughs> you don't want to be like distracted. Yeah, it's just too much to like, deal with. Yeah, yeah. Even, I feel that. Like, as it, does that go both for men and women? Um, or is it mo- I mean, like less so for women, but I mean, like a very hot person, regardless, is just a problem. It just makes to be you uncomfortable. Right? Yeah. yeah, you're like, stop. Just, you're just like, oh, I just don't want to talk to you. Well, about no wonder problems. you guys are so awkward around me. Okay, <laughs> <laughs> now we're going to hit the. We're going to hit our stopwatch here. Hold on just a second. Well, uh, we just had our hashtag I- Giving Tuesday fundraiser, where we asked our readers to help us raise two thousand and twenty-one dollars. Got it? Um, and it was a success. We. Um, we, we made our goal. And so what I would like to do is put 60 seconds on the clock and let's see if I can rapid fire, get through these excellent individuals to say thank you. All right, ready. We're starting our clock. Ready, go. Bob Paxton, Joel Dean, Eleanor Wallace, Haley Moore, Jill Daughtry, Peggy Beavers, Heather Hendricks, Peter Pierce, Julie Lovegrove, Claudia Swisher, Chad Mullen, Benny Vabata, Judy Burns, Peter Shaw, Brent Gooden, Mary Carter of Tecumseh, Jim Quillen, James Struby, Don Williams, Larry Stone, Clayton Taylor, James Jocelyn, Virginia Green, Michael Duncan, Lindsey Brand, Candace Mitchell, boom. Nice. Uh, that was only 20 seconds. We got Benny Vanetta. Uh, it was, Van- it's, you wrote Vabetta, but so we're going to, I'm going to call Benny that the next time I see him. I mean that, okay. That was 30 seconds. We've got other people to thank. The Inasmuch Foundation is a, <laughs> well, I wanted to say Benny's name right. The Inasmuch Foundation is a grant supporter of ours. We've gotten a grant from the Walton Family Foundation to help uh, make sure we have an education reporter, Megan what, what? Prather. Follow her, Megan Prather 405 at Megan Prather 405. We have a grant from the local media association who am i forgetting on grants well we said in as much but we like we'll say them again we like them a lot so we'll Mm -hmm, say them a second mm -hmm. time uh we can read through another couple people 60 seconds who have i got here aarp is a sponsor of ours as well thank you so much uh my father is a member okay and i've got the state (laughs) chamber of oklahoma who came in big and strong for us on some of our debates so we definitely appreciate that we're over time on this Okay, okay we're done wrap it up all right 
Now, uh, let's go to everybody's favorite segment, Mad at the Media. I'm as mad as hell, and I'm not going to take this anymore! Okay, uh, you guys might have seen it this week. Uh, the idea of this segment is going to be when, you know, people are always mad at the media, uh, and myself included. I'm typically mad at myself and or my colleagues or something like I'm that. I'm always mad at you. I, I would be too. Um, and so, you know, somebody's usually mad at the media, and so w the idea is to see something or talk about this, and uh, Twitter just told me it's Britney Spears' birthday. That's fascinating. Um Free, Free Britney. Pretty good. Yeah, that's, look at that hair. That's anyway. Uh, okay. It's a wig. So speaking uh, to go from Britney Spears to Bond Payne. Bond Payne is the uh, chief of staff for Governor Kevin Stitt's office. He took over uh, back in like August or something like that. I don't know. Uh, and he had a tweet on November 28th that got ratioed. Do you guys know what being ratioed means? Absolutely no idea. Yeah, you're not a, on you're you're not on Twitter. Ratio. I'm on Twitter. What does it mean? I'm a media person on Twitter. Yeah. Um, it basically means that when you tweet something that's very unpopular, which is expressed by lots and lots of people replying to it to tell you that the tweet is bad and nobody liking it. So the ratio of replies to like retweets and likes is very high. Right. And so as of the reading of this, this tweet got 329 replies and only 84 likes. So mm. Mr. Payne, who I've met uh, via phone, I guess, as seems like a nice guy. And he later apologized for this, but he said local media media is so eager to hype the COVID numbers that most have overlooked the fact that today's total represents two days and the seven day average is actually down since November 25th. No hype necessary, just vigilance and hopefully a mask. Stay well, friends. Um, and this was after one of the daily numbers. I forget what it came yeah, out. Like it was 6, like over the weekend. Yeah, it was like 6,000 like or 5,000. But 5, it represented 000. a few days of right. or a couple of days of numbers. Yeah. And so it was, you know, I thought the interesting thing was the reaction was from a lot of my call. I almost... Uh, I almost quote tweeted and I stopped short of hitting send. And I actually sent him a direct message and said, mm, and classy. said yeah. And said, you know, I just stopped short of saying this, but a lot of my colleagues, cause we're all tired and we've been dealing with this shit for a long time and we hate it. And no one's rooting for this. We're all ready to, you know, for this to be over with. Um, there was just a lot of backlash. He, he really uh, kind of stepped in it. I, did you pull up the, the apology Should I read tweet? The, the apology? Yeah, yeah. Um, to the professionals in the media who work hard to get it right, please accept my sincere apology. I painted with a broad brush and attributed motive when I shouldn't have. It was a rookie mistake, an unforced error. It won't happen again. It doesn't sound like he's apologizing to all of the media there. <laughs> <laughs> I think it's acceptable. I like it. No, it's a good apology. Yeah. Um, well, and not everybody apologizes. And, and you know, uh, Mr. Porkchop, his, his handle is at Porkchop What's pork the origin chop of Porkchop? You know what? I don't know. We're going to have to do an expose on that. What but, are we even talking about? Mr. His hand, his Twitter handle is Porkchop oh. Pain. I like how you just completely turned to Andrea and had this whole segment with Andrea because I don't even know what Twitter is. Yeah, that, that is correct. <laughs> you, you, so. you managed to share... A non doc post as non doc. Non doc. Yeah, that was yeah. good on Facebook. Social media is not my thing, guys. I'm yeah. not sorry. Um, but you design well. Uh, and, um, you do a lot of things well. Angela. I do so many things good. <laughs> you make a mean lemon water. Um, okay, so uh, anyway, I, he's he seems like a really nice guy. He doesn't have a lot of capital experience. I was talking to a friend of mine. Uh, who's, who said, I'm not sure he knows where the capital is, and that's probably the best thing about him. Uh, so, you know, meaning that like most of us who, you know, spend our lives in there are, are miserable and um, is you that know, true? It, Are you? Yeah, oh, yeah, hundred percent. Like, no, I, 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 I think about my predecessors in the press room, and I were, I'm like, I, this is not what I wanted. <laughs> I need to do, go do something else. Like, oh. that's why I have a horseshoe pit in my backyard. <laughs> I see you as living the dream. I am a question. Ain't no point getting out of bed if you ain't living the dream. <laughs> <laughs> I'm a question. Yes. Um, I'm wondering, Trace, if you think there is a bit of an impulse to hype the numbers because that's a story, right? When something is the most or the most severe or the worst. Yeah, it's interesting because I I, I think about this a lot. I, I don't really focus a ton on numbers. I mean, I think when we see this big spike, like that's clear, whether the number is 3,000 or 4,000, I'm not sure, you know, there, there is a, I would say the most hyping thing I see people do on the numbers is saying another record, mm -hmm. you know, and, and I think, I think about this when, when, you know, you talk about money in politics, right? Like if you told the average person that like somebody got a thousand dollars, that's a lot of money. 
You tell them they got $10,000. Well, that's a lot of money. They got $100,000. That's a lot of money. A million dollars. That's a lot of money, right? Like the average person thinks, thinks that way. So I do think sometimes too much attention is, is focused on, on numbers. I mean, if you're in the TV world, we all know that, you know, they're pressed for time and you just, you know, oh, a graphic and we can put this up. Uh, but I, I do think, you know, the harder thing, and, and not that we've done a great job with it. I mean, you know, it, it, it is difficult. Uh, how do you keep up on the human stories? You know, how do you how do you focus on the, the human toll, either directly from COVID or uh, people who are you know dealing with, as we talked about earlier, the ancillary effects of the mental health challenges? But I feel and like the, the, the accusation here is challenges. partly about numbers and partly about like the media is trying to make it seem worse than it is. Right. No. Yeah. And I don't think that media are trying to see, make it seem worse than it is. I do think that I, there have been moments in the press conferences with the governor. There, I mean, there have been moments where he's dropped the ball or he said something that maybe isn't fully truthful or there, there's been a bunch of things. But there have also been moments where, uh, you know, the 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 press gaggle has gotten a bit rowdy or have. You know, it, the hard thing is if one person in the gaggle asks a really pointed and maybe even a little unfair question, mm -hmm. I feel like it kind of reflects on all of us. Because I think that the governor and his team or whoever the politician is, they remember that question. They don't remember, you know, the ones that aren't aren't super pointed or gotcha you know, mm -hmm. kind of questions. At the same time, we're talking about a really serious situation. So, you know, the art of asking questions is is difficult. Uh, you know, I certainly don't always knock it out of the park. People like to talk about how I ask, ask long, rambling questions deep in the no. weeds. People have no idea how hard it is. It's yeah. so hard. People but, don't know. People. Um, <laughs> so, you know, but I, I do think that I get where the perception comes from that, you know, maybe uh, – and of course, tweeting is really hard too, right? So like if you're just tweeting out, you know, numbers, it's it's fairly easy to make that seem like, I don't know, celebratory or An something like that. Or like we my... told you, you know, so I, I don't know. I think this whole thing was an example of everybody's stressed, everybody's tired. And I think as, as Mr. Payne noted, it was a learning moment for him and, and he's going to try not to paint with such a broad brush and, and do that in the future. And, and I think at least from the, the media members, his, his apology was well received. There were some, you know, there's a bunch of sewer roosters on Twitter who were just like, no, you should resign. Sewer roosters? Yeah, they just, they're just up to their necks and shit crowing every morning. Like, is that your the, own phrase or is yeah, that a thing? That, no, that's our own phrase. Oh, okay. you know, so, yeah. <laughs> I'm mad as hell and I'm not going to take this right. anymore. You know, there were, those people were just like, now you should resign. And it's like, over this tweet like okay anyway so that's about that um but that question that you guys are talking about hyping the numbers that is the better verbiage of the question i was trying to ask earlier so i'm glad we got there yeah Thanks, it, just, it just took a little while so yeah. we got there okay so is that it oh, oh one more thing before i forget uh no i've got a question all right, what's your question? So if you could have one liquid come out of the fingertips of one hand and then another liquid come out of the fingertips of your other hand, what would your two liquids be? So wait, I have, I need some information. Yes. Is this for the rest of our lives what, or just in yes. 2020? What's the rate of flow like and can you control it? You can control it. Um, <laughs> what if you could? Because if you just, you, know, you maybe you just want to do like a pointer finger or maybe you're like, you know, full on waterfall. So I can just at will have some liquid come out, but then I can stop it when Whenever mm -hmm, I want. Mm -hmm. Oh, well, can I still a, use my hands normally? Yes. Okay. <laughs> okay. I was thinking you're, just you're like a, a superhero. Leakage you're a superhero <laughs> called Liquid Hands, and yes, you can control your powers. I don't know. I might have multiple answers. The, the immediate thing that comes to mind, based on my 2020 experience, is tequila out of one hand and Topo Chico out of the other. Ooh, it's a nice little cocktail. Right. It's Topo Chico. Right. And then I would just need I would just need to cry lime juice, and I'd be fine. <laughs> Topo Chico and Lime. Yep. There's a whole song we can play then. Anyway. All right. What are you going to pick? Get your guitar. I, ooh. I mean, my impulse answer is olive oil on one because I feel like that's the liquid I like use the most. It would be convenient for cooking. <laughs> mm -hmm. convenience, convenience is big. It's convenience a, it's is big. But then like uh, the obvious things you want to go to are like, alcohol expensive alcohol or like liquid gold <laughs> or maybe something like a truth serum like truth serum yes there's a lot of good options yes uh, olive i had not considered olive oil the added benefit would be that you could 
use it for like hijinks as well. Like if we were like running from a, a villain, you could just like lay down, yeah, a, yeah. lay down a, a path of all of this slippery, like, you know, in the cartoons. <laughs> yeah. All right, Angela, what you've thought about well, this. Well, Bryce, you, don't you want to weigh well, in? Well, so if I'm, if I'm choosing to, uh, Sriracha would be one. Because I will put Sriracha on anything. Yes. And I mean, just about anything. That's what it's um, and uh, probably like printer ink uh-huh. because mm-hmm. actually, but how would you get it in the actually printer? ding 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 ding, ding 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 ding? I wouldn't be putting it in the printer. I'd be bottling it myself. Yes, more than gold. Yes, I, I wait. and then have a website or like an Amazon yeah. account and sell it. Yeah, yeah. Um, so Bryce is on to something. In, you could just stand in Sam's Club and just put your hand. You know, just come over and get bring your bring your bowl and grovel for some printer ink. Oh, yeah. Yeah, <laughs> Please, uh, I, I have some more. I still think tequila and Topo Chico is better than that. Well, like, Topo okay. Chico is just a big waste of a hand, I gotta I, say. That, I, yeah, but it's your hands. You can have whatever liquid you want come out of your hands. I think I can still water my garden with Topo Chico, right? I don't know. It's got, it's, uh, you ever seen Idiocracy? It's <laughs> <laughs> a weird thing yeah, to say. It's, it's what plants crave. Yeah, Rondo. Okay. Well, what's what's spit, your answer, Angela? Okay, so I'm definitely going to have um, LSD come out of one hand. Oh, that's... Um, not only is it fun, <laughs> but it is the third most expensive liquid in the world. So... I'm going to be a millionaire with this hand. Okay. And then with this hand, I'm probably going to do gasoline for convenience. I know it's not that expensive. And if I'm selling LSD, it would be nice then I'd have, have enough to, to buy it. gas. Yeah. But then it's just, you know, getting out of the gas station. The LSD situation could get really interesting in terms of yeah, when you go I to prison you, and yeah, like whatever. No, I'm a superhero. <laughs> Superheroes don't go to prison. I'm oh, a liquid okay. hands girl. Okay. Uh, I, I, call, but, I call foul on that. Many superheroes have gone to prison. Oh, they have? Okay. I'm not, I'm not versed on my superhero. But, right. but I'll bust out. Okay, right. but here's the thing. I've got to say, Bryce is also correct because black printer ink is like the fifth or sixth most expensive liquid in the world. So you, you got it going on. All right. That's interesting. Well, listen, in the comments on this post or on the podcast, leave us what your, li- your hand liquids would be. Mm-hmm. Um, and uh, then we'll try to come up with a, another equally interesting question in an episode next time uh follow us rate us review us on apple podcasts podbean uh maybe google podcasts if we can get on there spotify whatever your favorite podcast listening platform is if there's one we're not on holler at us editorial at nondoc.com we'll get it added on there hope you like this i hope we weren't too offensive uh, i'm gonna get into those peanut butter cookies now uh, chew your little heart out <laughs> yes get me in the cookies just don't spit in them i will not okay Live from the News Dungeon is a non-doc.com production. Edited and recorded by Bryce Holland.